Elevate, Elevate. Yeah, it's like Donda, but Elevate version. You ever, ever heard? You know what I'm talking about? You don't know what I'm talking about? No, like, you know that there's a song that goes Donda, Donda. So, like, let's just do it like Elevate. So, everyone look to your, look to your neighbor and be like, Elevate, Elevate, Elevate. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to have you guys do that. I was, I heard it and I was like, what is this? I had to rebuke it in Jesus' name. Welcome to Elevate. Amen. If you're surrounded by God's love today, give your neighbor a hand clap. I'll do that instead of the, the Elevate thing. Now give your other neighbor a hand clap. Think about that. If God's love is in us, right? And we're next to each other, then that really means in every way we're surrounded by God's love. Think about that, right? We're going to get back into our sermon series today. My name is Joseph O'Neill. I'm the youth director here. Uh, if you're watching live, thank you for watching, but we'd rather have you in person, right, if you can make it. So hit us up for a ride. Uh, man, I love this sermon series. Who remembers what we spoke about last week? Who remembers? Do not fear man, right? Last week, we learned to not fear man, for it is something that entices us, then traps us. But instead, we should trust in the Lord. Then and only then will we be kept safe, right? So today, we're going to be talking about not fearing tomorrow, okay? So everybody say tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. Everybody say mañana. I don't know how to say tomorrow in any other language. What do you think, Brandon? How do you say it in Swahili? How do you say tomorrow? Who knows how to say, how do you say tomorrow in German, Nathan? Brian, how do you say it in uh, Korean? Come on, guys. Where, where's Mel? Mel, how do you say it? In uh, Korean, Nayeli. Oh, everybody say Nayeli, or is it Nayeli? Nayeli, Nayeli, Nayeli. All right, I'm gonna get it one day. All right, but we're talking about tomorrow, right? So if we go to Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-four, uh, verse twenty-five, I mean, Jesus says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Everybody say worry. Everybody say, worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? Some of you guys are not saying amen to that. And the body more than clothes. Amen. Praise God for his word. This is the passage that we're going to talk about today. But really quickly, if we can just get the context of this. Everybody remember we learned about the Beatitudes, right? Not so long ago. Well, this is around the same sermon that Jesus is preaching on that mountain, the Sermon on the Mount, right? He is talking in context now about something else. So he's gone on from the Beatitudes, the blessings, and he's gone to something else. So now he's talking about uh, things like uh, basically about how we live in secret. He's talking about praying and fasting and giving in secret so that the Father sees them. Not that everyone would see them, but so that the Father would see them. And then he gets on to, basically, uh, gets on to not worrying. And he goes on this, this, uh, this kind of this, this lecture, really, about and telling us not to worry. And this is very important. This is practical for today because fear of tomorrow has affected a lot of people in this generation, right? When you think about anxiety, when you think about nervousness, when you think about suicide, uh, these are all things rooted in the idea that tomorrow can't get any better, that tomorrow will only get worse. Uh, when we think about 
anxiety, that's usually a fear of not knowing what's going to happen. You're out of control. And it's, it's like a realization that you can't control what's happening. You can't control what other people are thinking. You can't control even what you're thinking. You can't control some of your emotions. Anxiety is like a feeling of having no control. If you can relate to that, right, then you understand what I'm saying. Nervousness, right? You ever been nervous? A lot of times we're nervous because we're fearful of what could happen next, right? What can happen next? We don't know what's going to happen, so we're nervous. And then suicide, things like suicide. We don't think tomorrow could get better, the next year could get better. We don't think our situation can change. So what? We take matters into our own hands and we change it for ourselves. And that's a little bit of what suicide is. So a lot of what we uh, see in this generation is impacted with fear. Sometimes people will make decisions. I don't know if I said this. I said this last week. But it's similar to very, very much this idea, too, that people will make decisions their whole life because they're afraid of tomorrow. Everything will be, fear, be based off of fear of what's going to happen in the future. And that's, why, that's how they live, F- afraid of tomorrow, afraid of what could happen, afraid of what something bad can happen to them or to others. And we see that a lot with COVID. People are afraid of dying. And we see that now. Not even just with COVID, but with the vaccine. People don't want to take the vaccine because they're afraid of dying. I haven't taken the vaccine, so if you're going to ask me that question, no, I haven't taken it because I don't know about it as much as I should, and I'm giving it about a couple years, then maybe. I'm not anti-vax, but if you are anti-vax, go ahead. If your parents are, they can be that way. If they're not, it's freedom of choice, right? But the thing is, people don't want to take the vaccine because they're afraid to die from the vaccine. People want to take the vaccine because they're afraid to die from COVID. What do I see a lot from both sides? Fear. There's a lot of fear. Fear of the unknown. What if I take the vaccine? This happens to me. What if I don't take the vaccine and this happens to me? A lot of fear of what can happen tomorrow. And hear what I'm saying before I even get into this sermon. What I'm not saying is this, that we shouldn't maybe prepare. We shouldn't be diligent. We shouldn't have a kind of uh, structure in our life I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you know, we should still live structured. We should still be planned and prepared to a certain extent. Uh, we should think about what could happen when we move in a certain way. When we go this way, maybe this will happen. It's called prudence. I'm not against prudence. Also, I'm not, afra- I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't be afraid, like I said last, uh, last week, of like maybe a lion coming at you or a, like a, 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 a death moment where someone's going to kill you and you, you know, you're like, oh, I'm not afraid of tomorrow, bro. Go ahead. Put that knife in me. Uh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying there should be some type of healthy fear. There is a healthy kind of fear and stress that kicks in when your life is in danger, and that's fine. That might save your life, and that may save someone else's life uh, at the same time. So I'm not coming against that. I'm, what I'm calling, coming against really is a, uh, a fear that is basically uh, la- absent of faith, a fear that's absent of faith, that draws from your faith. Because even though this generation deals with a lot of fear that we see today, you know, uh, fear about tomorrow, this is Jesus' instruction when we get into this verse. He's encouraging us not to basically fear for tomorrow, but his instruction is to focus on today and eternity. Everybody say today. Say oi, and say eternity, eternidad. Did I make that up right now? I just made that up, and I was almost right. Come on. I never even read it. Come on. I was close, right? Uh, Today and eternity, those are the only things that Jesus tells us to focus on. 
So think about that, right? Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew verse 25, Matthew verse 34, everybody say sandwich. So in this little teaching about not worrying, Jesus sandwiches this passage with basically telling us not to worry. Do not worry, right? Uh, a quote from D.L. Moody really quickly, it, it really fits into what this passage is about. D.L. Moody, anybody heard of Moody Bible Institute? Big old campus, big old college campus. I might want to take my, uh, my seventh and sixth and eighth grade Bible class there for a field trip soon. But it is huge. There's an auditorium that's like the size of the brickyard, not the brickyard, maybe like a fourth of the brickyard. It's huge, right? Uh, and it's a city block. And then there's a school attached to it. And D.L. Moody, awesome preacher, he says this, Worry does not rob us of tomorrow, but saps us of the joy for today. So think about that. Worry doesn't rob us of tomorrow, but it saps us of our joy today. That's something D.L. Moody talked about when when people, when he's probably uh, talking to people that worry a lot, that's how he would pastor them. He would let them know that you're literally not getting any done, anything done by worrying. And isn't it awesome how Jesus, you know, he doesn't come with this counseling session. He doesn't come with this now, now, I understand or whatever. He does the thing that a lot of people tell you not to do. What does he say? Do not worry, right? I tell my wife sometimes, right? Uh, chill, relax, right? Don't worry, and she's like, don't ever tell me that again. And I'm like, well, what do you mean, right? But if Jesus said it, she can't say that to him, right? That's right. So if someone, says, if someone says to you, do not worry, sometimes you're like, man, that's horrible advice, right? I'm going through the worst season of my life. And you're telling me, do not worry? What do you mean? I got, I got to apply for college. I got to go to high school. I got to wear this tomorrow. I don't know what I'm wearing this party. I don't know what I'm going to eat. I don't know what I'm going to get for a job. I don't know this. I don't know that. And imagine Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry. Can we get Bob Marley? Don't worry. Be happy. I want you guys to listen to this. This is an awesome song. I don't know if Kirsten would agree. We'll play the first portion. How about that? But this kind of summarizes what D.L. Moody is saying as well. So tell me when you're going to play it. Matthew chapter 25 and 34 uh, basically very much kind of closes the idea of what Jesus is talking about, right? Verse 24, I read it already, but he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Then on verse 34, he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Interesting. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus is saying, basically, don't worry about tomorrow because you got stuff to worry about today. Think about that. That's kind of what Jesus is saying here. When we think about worrying and, and stressing and having fear of tomorrow, really it's about death at times, right? We're worried about death, what we're going to do before we die, what we're going to do if we die. And a lot of us, okay, we're not worried about death, but others, we're worried about plans, right? How many of you are big plan makers here? You like to plan ahead. You like to make plans with people. You like to do things. If you're that type of person, you're maybe worried about, like, what you're going to do in two years, right? I know some of you probably at, at seven or eight or nine or ten, you've probably thought about your whole life. I know some of you, right? 
But other, other, other people, like I remember when I was in high school, I, I really did not worry about much in my future until I got to high, the senior high school, senior year. Then I realized I'm about, to be a, I'm about to be 18, and I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I've just been playing basketball every day and playing 2K, and that's literally been my whole life. What am I going to do? And then I, I really started to worry. I'm like, whoa, what am I going to do? And some of you may be in that place right now. You're pushing that 19, 18, and you're like thinking, wow, what am I going to do with my life? And worry starts to kick in fear about tomorrow. You didn't make plans, so now you fear for it. The Bible says that uh, those who are diligent, right, they rule, but those who uh, had lazy hands, right, they're forced into labor. Sometimes when you didn't do the work ahead of time, now you're forced into labor. You're afraid of what's going to happen. But again, what does Jesus say? Do not worry. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about what you eat and what you would drink. Remember, Jesus, who's he talking to? This is the Sermon on the Mount. So is he talking to rich people? No, he's talking to poor Jews. He's not talking to the riches of the riches. He's not talking to American teenagers, okay? He's not talking to these people that have iPhone 13s the day it comes out, right? He's talking to people that they need a fish because that fish is not only going to provide for the money, but it's also going to provide for the food. He's talking to people that need to uh, make pots and they need to make buildings. And if they don't do these things, if they don't work, their family will starve and they'll die and they won't be able to clothe themselves. And he says, do not worry. Think about that. Well, great advice, Jesus. Great advice. He says, do not worry. And he closes it on 34, and he says, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I have a little story I want to share with you guys. How many of you have stubbed your toe before? All right, horrible, man, horrible. How many of you have, like, screamed silently after you've done that and no one went to help you? I remember when I was, uh, I was living with my dad, and I stubbed my toe, and I, I, like, was just screaming and throbbing. Like, my toe hurt for, like, two weeks. And I'm, like, screaming at the top of my lungs, and my dad doesn't even ask if I'm okay, right? And it's gone. I'm, like, on the floor. You know, I'm kind of exaggerating at this point because I just want to see if he'll get up and, and see if I'm alive, but doesn't even check. And I get up hobbling. I'm, like, dude, you didn't even care, right? But he didn't. How many of you now have ever stepped on a nail? And it went through your toe. Listen, that is, that is even worse. And then I'm telling you, I tell you, it's, it's, it's hard to get out. It's hard to get out. I remember when I was five and that happened. But either way, there was this man who he stepped on a nail. He stepped on a nail, okay? And the nail went right into his big toe. And he, he was in a lot of pain and he hurt for the rest of the day. But he didn't do anything to it but just really complain. However, he started thinking about what everything else could happen the next day. He thought, man, I, I stepped on a, on a nail. Man, you know what I could do? I could probably get hit by a car. So what he did was he made sure that all his routes, he never crossed the street. Then as he was going to bed that day, he thought about the next day, the problem that could happen. He thought, man, if I'm walking down that one street in that construction site, something could fall on me. I'm going to always wear a helmet now. So he went everywhere he went with the helmet. Then, right, when he went to bed, again, he worried about tomorrow again. And he said, man, if I walk alone in this park, it's a pretty shady neighborhood. Man, I got to make sure I carry a gun. So he went everywhere with a gun, a helmet, made sure to avoid streets 
because he was afraid of what could happen tomorrow. And he did this, adding something new each and every day until he died. You want to know how he died? Because he never thought about the nail that infected his toe and killed him. So instead of worrying about today and fixing what could happen, what, ha- what, did, he, what did he do? He worried about everything else that was going to happen tomorrow. And he died because he wouldn't think about today. And here's the, here's the crazy thing is that you will never see tomorrow. Think about that. Right now, can you see tomorrow? No. The only time you'll ever have in your life is now, is today. Worrying about tomorrow is literally nothing. It's, it's, it's almost like you're worrying about something that has not yet been, it doesn't exist. It only exists in the mind of God. God is the only one that's in tomorrow. We're always in today. We're always in this moment. We can't go to the past. We can't go to the future. All we can do is talk about tomorrow. I mean, talk about today. This one guy, I don't know, his name is Dionysius, right? He was an old church father. And he talks about how uh, Jesus convinced us of our inability and of our nature to attain life in times past and the future. That's what he's saying. We are unable to attain life in the past or have life in the future. The only place we have life is today. Everybody say today. So we worry, but we don't even know if today will be our last today. We don't know if we'll ever have another today. Yet we always worry about tomorrow. James chapter 4, 13 to 15, if we can go there real quickly, talking about people that make plans says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go about this or that city, we'll spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist. Everybody say a mist. Everybody say a mist. Anybody ever seen a mist before? Listen, I'll, have, I'll get uh, Triple H, a video of Triple H spitting so we can see what a mist is. You know what Triple H is? That's a mist, right? When you see a, like a, 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 sliver, a sliver of like uh, water through the air and it, it uh, disintegrates, it vaporizes. That's a mist. And he says, you are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes out of the billions of todays, out of the quadrillions of todays, out of a infinite amount of todays. Your today is like this, a speck. It is a mist. Your life is but a vapor. It's but a candle that's blown out on a kid's birthday. It's here and then gone tomorrow. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good that they might ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. What I want to focus on from this passage is how literally he's saying how we don't even know what will happen tomorrow. To make plans and say we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Make these grand schemes in life when you don't even know if you'll live that. He says it's boasting. It's boasting. It's boasting. It's arrogant. You're arrogant to think you have some type of control over tomorrow and the next year and that year and going to this place. I think about Kobe sometimes, all the plans he had. And he died in a helicopter with his daughter. Tragic, sad. 
But he had his daughter's future all planned out probably. His daughter was going to be a WNBA player, was going to be a collegiate athlete. Probably went to all her practices, went to all her games, was thinking in his mind how he was going to set up generations of basketball players, generations of rich family members, yet he died. Unable to see those plans in fruition. And think about this young lady. She's a, uh, she was a social media traveler. Her name was Gabby, and she's gone missing. Her body was found, I believe, and she went on talking about how she was going travel to uh, travel the world with her boyfriend. Next thing you know, her boyfriend, most likely, we don't know, but it looks like it was the one to kill her. You see, we all make these plans. We all boast about tomorrow, but we never know if that tomorrow will come. We never know if we'll get to that moment where we can say that day is today. So Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own worries. Let tomorrow deal with itself, pretty much. Let tomorrow deal with itself. You need to focus on today. You need to focus on what you can do today. So what is the point of worrying tomorrow? If it's never really here and we never really get there, we never really know if what we plan will ever come to fruition, ever be, you'll be able to physically grab it and say, I have it, what's the point? Do you worry about tomorrow? Do you constantly look at what you're going to do when you get into high school, when you get into the sports team, when you get into this club, when you get this job, when you get this girlfriend or this boyfriend, and you're constantly worrying about what you're going to do tomorrow? Do you constantly find yourself worrying about that? Your plans, your future, all of that, do you worry about that? It's arrogance. It's boasting. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. But again, is Jesus speaking to us? Yes and no, right? This Bible is meant to be read for generations and generations, but the first people that heard them, they were poor Jews. Maybe some were rich, maybe some were poor, but they didn't have food every day on the dinner plate. They didn't come home to, to tacos, right? They didn't come home to enchiladas. They didn't come home to baked chicken and baked macaroni cheese, and they didn't come home to arroz con gandures. They didn't come home to, to this awesome food called chile rellenos that I love, right? They didn't, I don't know, you guys, how many foodies here, right? Come on. They didn't come home to that. You know what? They came home to fish and bread. But fish is good. I'm not going to lie. But they probably, I, I just went fishing recently, and I was catching nothing but carp, which is supposedly like the ghetto fish. And I'm telling you, bro, when I was eating that stuff, every single bite had a bone in it. And it was delicious because I put adobo on it. But besides that, it, wasn't, it was really hard, not enjoyable. Where's Jorge? Jorge knows what I'm talking about. He, cat, he caught some carp too. But it's like bones and everything. Listen, he, he's talking to people that need to work to survive. They need to survive. And he's saying, do not worry about tomorrow. Think about that. What is the purpose? What is the reason? How could Jesus have the gall? How could he have the audacity? How does he, Jesus have the nerve to tell a person that is working hard to not worry about tomorrow? That's a lot, right? You almost, you almost wonder, like, Jesus, that, that's kind of saying a lot. Imagine telling a single mom. Imagine telling a, a high schooler has to work to help their family, uh, uh, has to work on Friday nights to help their family, and they're like, well, I can't really worry about God because I got to worry about my family. I got to worry about what we're going to eat tomorrow or tonight, 
right? Hear that a lot. I got to worry about what I'm going to put on the plate for my family tonight. Well, Jesus would tell them this, do not worry. But why? Everybody say, do not worry about tomorrow. The reason why is because your father, your heavenly father knows and cares. Everybody say, knows. Everybody say, cares. So when we get into this passage, we see in verse 26 and 30, uh, 30 to 33, Jesus he gives his reason for why we shouldn't worry. Listen, there's a big wave of this thing called positive thinking, right? It's tied to this thing called new age. It's a, it's a thing called, with, it has a thing called like manifestations and, and law of attraction and basically speaking about positive things in order so positive things can happen. So if you think it, it's going to happen. If you speak it, it'll, come, it'll manifest. Big, big thing right now. Nothing new, nothing new. And really, it's a perversion of the gospel. It's a perversion of what Jesus grants us in access to the Father. What Jesus gives us in prayer, it's a perversion of that. There's actually this rapper called, uh, I think, Jack Harlow, right? Um, basically, he's talking about how he used, to be, he used to be Christian, but he's like, a lot of people believe in Jesus and God, and that's cool, but man, it's all about manifestations. That's what it's about. And I'm like listening, and really what manifestations is, is you speak it, and it happens. You, 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 you think positive, and eventually positivity will come. And there's no accountability there. There's no accountability there. You could be the worst person ever, but as long as you're positive, it's all good. You can sin, cheat on your wife. You can do whatever. I remember talking to um, one of my, uh, well, my wife's cousin's boyfriend, uh, he made us the, the, the godparents of his, his daughter, and we're having a conversation with him, and he's telling me about this new belief. I've already preached to him. He said he read the Bible in, in prison, and I'm, I'm talking to him, and he's like, man, yeah, I'm just going to think positive, you know? I'm think positive, and positive things are going to happen. The universe is going to hear me, and it's going to answer me. And I asked him, I said, why would the universe in which billions and billions of planets die, in which Literal, literal devastation is going on throughout the whole galaxy creating our universe. Why would the universe where hurricanes and floods and, and, and just tragedy happens, why would that universe give a rip about you and your new job? Why would the universe that has, is not a person, because only who can care? Persons can be personal. Non-personal things cannot be personal. So if I talk to this thing like, hey, bro, I just really need some air right now, bro. Man, give me some air right now. Oh, thanks, bro. Listen, I just took, I pushed the button. That's what happened here. He, this thing doesn't care about me. It's inanimate. The universe is not a person. The universe is not a person. The universe does not care about you. There's nowhere that shows us the universe cares about us. You see, why? Because the universe has never demonstrated its love for us. The universe has never spoken to us to say, I love you. However, we know the Father knows and cares about us. We know the Father sees us and he, he, he wants us to know that. You see, in verse 26, Jesus points our attention at the birds in the air. And he says, look at the birds in the air. Do not, they do not sow or reap or stow away, uh, store away um, Sorry, let me say that again. Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? 
And why do you worry about clothes? For see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Basically, they don't sew or make clothes. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, the richest man in the, in the scriptures, in all of his splendor, was dressed like one of them. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and in tomorrow is thrown out into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for the pagans run after these things. Jesus said a lot in that statement. He said a lot in that statement. First of all, God cares, of a, cares about us today. You see, tomorrow is out of control for us, but God is in control of tomorrow. God is in control of tomorrow. He sees all things. He sees the birds. He sees the grass. He sees the trees. You see, God, who created creation, is in control. He knows what's going on. Nothing is happening that he does not know of. He knows. But not only does he know, but God cares. He cares about the bird that dies. You, know, you ever seen Animal Planet? You ever seen wildlife? You ever seen those? Those things are crazy, man. I watched this thing on YouTube called Hood Nature. Don't recommend it. It's just crazy. It talks about how hippos are like the craziest thing ever. And he talks about the evilness of these, like this, this nature, right? How like hippos will clap alligators with no problem, right? Just for looking at them wrong. And how, allig- and how birds will kill their young and, and do just all types of crazy things. But yeah, God cares about this animal nature. He cares about the grass that is thrown into the fire. And if God cares about the animal planet, the world there, imagine God cares about you even more. You're more valuable to God than them. God cares about those made in his image. So God knows. Your heavenly father knows and he cares. Yet, what do we do? Well, that's a good question. What, what do we do with that knowledge? Do we do like the pagans? Pagans are unbelievers. People that don't know God. People that don't have a heavenly father. What do they do? Well, they go running after all these things that he said not to worry about. They go running after clothes. What's the newest clothing? What's the newest shoes? What can I wear that looks the best? What can I do to get these clothes? They go about the, the food. They run after food. Man, I need to eat. I need to eat. If I don't eat, man, I'm going to be angry. If I don't eat, I'm going to be hangry. I need to eat. Oh, and then they go after what? They go after uh Sorry, they go after clothes. They go after drink, right? They go after what they can wear. They get try to seek a job so they can get these things. Their whole life is chasing and chasing and chasing. And that's why I'm going to introduce you to this term called the rat race. Everybody say rat race. You see, there's this idea, especially in America, that you got to have, 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 have. You got to get, 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 get. If you don't have enough, you're not enough. If you don't get enough, you don't got nothing. You see, there's this thing called the rat race. Anybody ever seen a, uh, a rat go in a hamster wheel? Yeah, it never, get, it never goes anywhere. It, it keeps moving. It's moving. It's moving. It's running. It's chasing something, but it's getting nowhere. You see, if you live your life like the pagans, you will get nowhere. You will have money, sure, okay? You'll have clothes. You'll have the newest clothes. You'll, you'll, you'll have You'll have maybe uh, some good food. Maybe you'll, you'll be able to afford, uh, you know, things like shrimp every night, you know, lobster every night. Because you're always worried about 
tomorrow? What am I going to wear tomorrow? What am I going to eat tomorrow? What, what kind of thing am I going to buy tomorrow? And you see the word here for running after is seek. Everybody say seek. So the pagans, they seek. And seeking, think about it. Anybody ever played hide and seek? Tell me, who's really good at that game? Because I know I'd destroy all y'all. If we played a hide and seek, elevate hide and seek, I'd destroy all y'all. I remember I used, to, I, used to hang a, I used to hang a jacket on a doorknob and hide in the jacket. Yeah. Yeah, beat that, Brandon. That was. It was crazy. It was crazy. I was honestly the second best. My cousin was better. He hid everywhere. Could never find him. But the person who seeks, there's a, there's a constant looking for. There's a desperation. There's someone, this seeking is a desperation, a constant looking for. You're checking places. So the pagans, they seek after these things. And you see, why? Why do they seek after these things? You see, why do they worry? Why are they afraid of tomorrow? And, and, with, and here's the thing, why? It, it, it's honestly to gain, gain something they can never keep. But think about this. The reason why they're seeking is because they're faced with their own fear. Their own fear of death, their own fear of finite. Has anyone ever been sick in this place? Like really sick. I mean like you're about to die, right? At that moment, I, I, this is how I feel. I feel like every time we're sick like that, God's letting us know that you could die any moment. I may be, I may be just weak when it comes to sicknesses. I'm not going to lie. But I believe that that's God telling us you could go at any moment. For any reason. You can go at any moment for any reason. And when faced with our own inability to survive, faced with our own possibility of death, we seek after anything that will prolong our life. We seek after anything that will make this life worthwhile. So we get as many clothes as we can. Because, hey, tomorrow's not promised, right? We get, we, we, we sin so that we won't miss out on life. Tomorrow is not promised. I got to do what I can. I don't want to have regrets. You see, we, when faced with our own fear, we become, depend, we become independent instead of dependent on the Father. When faced with our own fears of tomorrow, we become independent instead of dependent on our Father. And we eventually seek the wrong things. And it's, it's really foolishness. Because worrying, like Jesus said in verse 27, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No. Matter of fact, do you know what worrying actually does? It kills you. It takes away your life. It takes away your life. When you worry, and according to Healthline, the doctor says that if you worry, you could suffer a premature death. So what does anxiety, what does depression, all these things bring you at the end of the day? It doesn't bring you more life. It brings you more death. It takes away your life. So when we worry about tomorrow, things we have no control of, instead of focusing on today, because if you worry about today, you can do something about it, right? If you got some, a homework assignment that you need to do, and you can do it today, do it, then you won't have to worry about tomorrow, you know, if you got some chores to do and you worrying about it and worrying about your mom, like, man, if I do this tomorrow, maybe no, do it today. Then you won't have to worry about tomorrow. If you have a gift for someone, the Bible says don't, don't wait for the next day to give someone a gift. Give them today. Don't wait for tomorrow. So if you have a, a present for me, give it to me today. Don't worry about it tomorrow. 
Just kidding. But we shouldn't worry because instead of adding to our life, we detract from our life. Instead of uh, actually getting closer to God with worrying, we actually get farther from God from worrying. Instead of becoming dependent, you think, oh, I'm so worried, man. You think that you, you become dependent on God when you worry. No, you become independent from God when you worry. So we shouldn't worry. Jesus tells us do not worry. Everybody say do not worry for the Father cares. So we know that we don't worry because God, the Father, our Heavenly Father, the one who created all things, who cares about us, from Genesis to Revelation to today, he has cared about his people. He has cared about all of mankind. Matter of fact, he's cared about all creation. God cares and he loves. So we trust him because we know him on a deeper level. So what should we do? Well, do you trust your Father? Do you trust your Heavenly Father? Or are you seeking things like the pagans? Is your life just like the person that doesn't know God? Full of anxiety, full of worry, full about worry about tomorrow. Because if it is, then that chances are you're not trusting God. And if you're not trusting God, do you even know how much he cares? Do you even know his love? So this is what we should do. Because I'm not going to just tell you not to do that, right? Because Jesus doesn't do it. He doesn't just say, do not worry. But he says, now seek. Everybody say seek. You see, instead of worrying, we should seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You see, this is why I made a point about how the pagans seek after the things of this world. Because as Christians, we don't seek after the things of this world. We seek after his kingdom. You see, Jesus did that on purpose. The Greek word uh, for running after, right, and for seeking his kingdom, it's the same thing. It's the same word. Jesus wants to know there's going to be two things you seek in this life. If Melanie, you could come up, please. You see, you can seek the two things in this life, or two types of lives, I should say. You can seek the things that the pagans run after, like clothes, like money, like food, things that will keep your life going and, and have as much fun as possible, uh, or just may, try to maintain your life before you die, or... You can seek after his kingdom. You can seek after his righteousness. Because he says this in verse 33. Right after saying, for the pagans run after these things, or the pagans seek after all these things, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Get that? Your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows you need clothes. He knows you need drink. He knows you need food. He says, but instead seek first his kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. He's talking about God's kingdom and his righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Think about that. See, God, he does want to provide for you. So God wants to provide for you with shoes, with clothes. He wants to. With a place to live. And God does that. I know testimonies of people that they quit their job and they worked full ministry. And they didn't really call for a tithe or, or anything of that. They lived off people giving. And they lived pretty well. Living off faith completely. And you see, the people that don't seek his kingdom and his righteousness and they chase after those things, Jesus call, says they have little faith. And many of us, We'll, we won't seek after God, his kingdom, or his righteousness because we have little faith. We don't trust the Father that cares about us. And this is what I want to say. Fear, you see, fear for tomorrow, when we do that, we live like unbelievers. 
when we have fear of tomorrow, we end up living like unbelievers. People that don't know there's a God that loves us as a father and will care for us as a father. But when we trust in God, when we trust in the Father, we live as children of God, trusting in him. So we don't end up seeking after the things of this world that will perish, that will die, that won't last. But we seek after his kingdom, and his kingdom will last. You see, God's kingdom will last forever. You see, the pagans, they seek after things that run out of fashion, run out of style. They, they wear out. They get damp. They, they, get, they get faded, right? How many of you ever had a favorite piece of clothing and it, bro- it tore up or it was faded and it no longer looks as fresh as when you bought it? How many of you ate some food and you ate it so much that you actually got tired of it, right? How many of you ever drank something so much that you got sick, right? I wish, I, I wish Nate was watching live so I can say, you know, how much he drinks Coca-Cola, right? Right? How many of you have gotten something of this world after chasing it, and then you realize, wow, this isn't what I need. This isn't what I need. This isn't what I should be chasing after. This isn't what I should be seeking. But if you seek his kingdom, and you seek his righteousness, right, all these things will be added unto you. It will be added unto you. That means God will give it to you. He will provide. As you seek this thing called his kingdom, as you seek his righteousness, that means, listen, you can't just live as flippant as possible. You can't just keep sinning and sinning and sinning and then expecting God to bless you. You're not seeking his kingdom. You're seeking a mess. But if you, right, have eyes for his kingdom, if you say, man, I'm going to look for where his kingdom is, instead of looking for the, the, the greatest clothes, you know what? I'm going to look for this one who needs Jesus. I'm going to look for the lost. Man, I'm going to look out for my brother and sister in Christ. Man, I'm going to look out for this person and provide for them as God provided for me. Man, I'm not going to look after satisfaction and, and clothes or anything. I'm going to look after satisfaction and prayer and reading scripture. When you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything will be added unto you. I want to encourage you guys, maybe you're, you're turning 18 or 19, you're getting older, or you're getting into high school, people going through life transitions right now. If you let the world tell you what to seek after, you'll get the reward of the world. And when we look into the social media, the news and everything, we see the reward of the world. It's confusion. It's, it's depression. It's anxiety. It's really fear of tomorrow. Fear of tomorrow. Anybody ever heard of the Me Too movement? There are women in Hollywood that were made to do sexual favors for bosses. If they didn't do that, they'd probably get blacklisted and never get a job in movies. So what they would do was they would do sexual favors so they would get money and get jobs. They would seek after those things. You see, fear of tomorrow, fear of not getting a job, fear of what could happen if I don't do this caused that woman shame and guilt, caused those women shame and guilt. There's men that for fear of tomorrow, right, I want to I let you know that actually the, the greatest amount of people that commit suicide are men. And men, they have this burden in their, they, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to be something, I got to be someone. Because of that, men will commit suicide because they look to tomorrow and they see, man, things won't get any better. But I'm telling you, if they would just seek his kingdom, if those women would just seek 
the kingdom of God. If those men would just seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything would be added unto them. That doesn't mean you're going to get the Benz or you're going to get, you're going to get the new J's every single time. It doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to be living in a mansion. You're going to have like a million followers on Instagram. It doesn't mean any of that. What it does mean, though, is this, that God will provide all your needs. That God will provide all your needs. You'll have moments where you don't know how the food is going to get on the dinner table, and God will provide. You'll have moments where you get fired, and then all of a sudden you've gone a week or two weeks, and your savings are dried up, then all of a sudden God provides. Think about this when you get older, because you're going to have to face these decisions, and you might have to face it today. Maybe you're afraid of tomorrow because you're afraid of what people will say about you. You're afraid of a test, afraid of something that could happen, so you're always fantasizing about tomorrow, what could happen, but listen. That's not going to do anything. Worry about today. Focus on today. Be concerned about today because Jesus can help you today. Jesus can help you today. If we can have the altar workers come up, please. If everyone can stand up. The reason why we can be confident today and not have to worry about tomorrow really has to do with what Jesus did for us on the cross. Think about that. Christ on the cross died for all men at all times. All men at all times. That means Jesus' event on the cross at that moment impacted things that were going to happen thousands of years in the future. Because of Jesus' timeless death in the past, we now have hope for today and we now have a promise for salvation tomorrow. You see, because tomorrow is not promised, but eternity is. When Jesus is trying to tell us to look at the birds and look at the the trees and look at the grass, what he's really saying is look at eternity. Because, listen, if these are more valuable for you, for, for if these are valuable to me and you're more valuable to me than them, and they're just dead in the moment or they're gone in the moment, but you have an eternal soul, how much more should I care about you? And I'm not saying don't care about animals just because they don't have eternal soul. You should care about animals because God cares about animals. But it's important to understand is God is pointing us to eternity. You see, this life is but a mist, a vapor. Tomorrow hasn't even happened. And today, we don't even know we'll have another today. This roof could collapse out of nowhere and we could all be dead. You could cross the street and get hit. I had the unfortunate privilege to go to a funeral that, that, of a person that my wife knew, family friend. She was in our wedding and a woman had fell, hit her head, and she went brain dead. She just fell. There was nothing wrong with her. She just fell. She fainted and fell. Hit her head. She passed away. Think about that. That could happen to one of us. That could happen to one of us. We could trip, fall, hit our head, get into a coma, be hooked up to machines, and then the plug has to be pulled. See, you guys don't even understand. Your life, tomorrow is not promised. Your life is but a mist, but a vapor. The only thing Jesus is promising you today is eternal life. He's not promising you a better tomorrow. He's not promising you money tomorrow, clothes tomorrow. But he's saying if you trust him today, seek after his kingdom today and his righteousness today, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to worry. You don't have to have fear anxiety, depression, nervousness of tomorrow because I will provide for you. The Father who cares about you will provide for you. So today, if you haven't received that timeless 
that timeless death and that timeless resurrection, the gospel, Jesus dying on the cross and resurrecting, is timeless. It affects today. It affects tomorrow. It affects all of eternity. It affected the past. If you have not received that, if you have not received that and believed it with your whole heart, trusting in God that he can save you with that, then you need to do that today. Because some of the things that the scripture says about today is today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Many of you have held up, right? You have waited on God. Put God on a pause in your life. You said, God, wait. I need to do this in my life. Then I'll come follow you. Wait, God. I kind of want to do me a little bit. Then I'll come follow you when I'm older. Some of us have said that. Some of us have said that every single day. Every time we're faced with the idea, man, I am not really following Jesus. We've said, I'll do that another day. I'm young. Let me live my life. I want to let you know God says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Eternity is promised to anyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. But tomorrow's promise to no man. If everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes, listen, elevate. You are not in control of your lives. You're not in control of anything that you think you are. You're not in control of your bodies. Your bodies could fall apart at any moment. You're not in control of what that person is doing when they're driving and they accidentally hit you. You're not in control of your parents' life, your friend's life. You're not in control of anything. You might as well surrender this illusion that you are in control and trust in God. Trust in God. It's a life where there's no worry. It's a life where there's trust, a life where there's joy, a life where there's peace. We're cloves and, and the idea that you have to eat and, and drink these things, and if you don't, you'll die. That thing, which is serious, God takes care of it. Wow. God takes care of the needs that you have. That's the life you could be living if you put your faith in Christ. And you seek after his kingdom and his righteousness. So right now, I just want to call up the people first call is me for people that are living in fear of tomorrow. They are seeking after the things of this world. Their mind is always full of what they can get and what they can possess. If you're always on that tip in your mind, this altar calls for you. You haven't been seeking his kingdom. You haven't been seeking his righteousness. You need to come up. If you've been living like pagans, if you are yourself an unbeliever and you're ready to become a believer, born again, receive Jesus, you need to come up. 